Welcome to Alderman Farms Radio, where life on the farm is about to get real. And now, here's today's program. Hey everybody, welcome back to Alderman Farms and another edition of Hashtag Follow Fridays at Alderman Farm. Today, we'll introduce you to Mulberry Branch Farms. Let's do that now. Mark and Ashley, we're so excited that you guys took time out of your day to come visit with us. Uh, we know that uh, that our viewers are going to fall in love with you guys because we yes, really is. enjoy uh, you the spirit that you display on, on your videos and just the way you interact with each other and your critters and stuff. So <laughs> I'm going to turn it over to you and I want you to tell our viewers who you are, what uh, what you do. Tell us about your homestead. Tell us about your channel, the history, whatever you want to say. Go for it. So I'm Ashley and I'm Mark and we are Mulberry Branch Farm. We're a little homestead situated on 13 acres in East Central Indiana, which is growing zone 5B for those of you out there that love to garden. And our true passion is dairy goats, chickens, and just being self-sufficient all the way around. We do beekeeping. We have many, many critters, and it just seems like we add more to our menagerie every year, much mm -hmm. to his chagrin, I'm sure. But, you know, happy wife, happy life. Yeah, yeah. That is a rule I live by as well. My dad, yep. taught me, my dad taught me years ago, rule number one, mama's always right. Rule mm -hmm. number two, in case mama's ever wrong, see rule number one. Yep. Happy wife, happy life. That's, I like that. Right. I like that. True words. That's right. So uh, bees, I, I missed the bees. I didn't see any videos because we, you know, we stalked you. Uh, getting ready to do this and I don't remember seeing any bees so tell me about your bees so actually we had tried bees in the past mm -hmm. we've had two failures with beekeeping and I will say when you're on a homestead if you can go in it with your spouse as a team then you're probably more likely to succeed when we first started with these they were his thing yeah. and I I just didn't care at all <laughs> I was like those are your bugs you have fun with those yeah. bugs I, I want nothing to do with it <laughs> and we'd actually had two failed hives do you remember what happened with yeah these? yeah um so we actually had them shipped in so we bought them from uh further south and uh we had one set up one our first hive never really took off so they didn't have a good store mm -hmm. for the winter and just didn't really make it through the winter and uh, pretty much absconded, it looked like. Yeah, they absconded. And then the second one actually was invaded by another hive. So it went out oh, one day. Yeah. So, Probably the first one. <laughs> yeah. It, it strengthened yeah, its they, forces. They were yeah. hiding in the, the first one was hiding in the bushes until y'all left. He said, hey, so these guys bought more bees. Yeah, we know when there's a good hive, you can out. But um, so, yeah, we actually went a couple years before she started getting interested mm -hmm. in it too. And uh, we sort of tag teamed it. And, um, she found a uh, apiary close yeah. by that we actually purchased another, you know, couple pounds of bees mm -hmm. from and brought them in and they took off. And it wasn't a couple months later that a friend of ours called with a swarm yeah. in a tree. So yeah. we went and took that. And that was, was really interesting yeah. being beginner beekeepers. And it was by a really busy highway yeah. <laughs> and we almost got direct yeah. because we were up in this tree with smokers and yeah. suits and Every I, I guess people just weren't used to seeing that on the side of the highway. So yeah, is we, there, we do two bees. Is is there a video of that? Yes. yes. Yep. <laughs> Not of the almost wreck. Yeah. Not <laughs> of the almost wreck because that kind of happened, and we were all like, "Did you just see that?" Yeah. And and I was holding the camera. I'm like, "I'm sorry, I was watching the bees." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, she's got a couple videos of the bees out there. So yeah. yep. 
Yeah. No, I'm view, talking about of you of you catching the swarm though. Is oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we did it a totally yep. redneck way. Yep. So you'll have to make sure to watch that video yep. to see how we brought them home because we weren't prepared at all. <laughs> no. Yeah, we oh, actually no. just um I, I had my little Ford focus we took and we just yeah. stuck it in a trunk and luckily it was yeah. on a 15, 20 minute drive. Yeah, we were in a, a cardboard box, I think it was, and we were just like oh, uh, yeah, both of my rear ends. <laughs> yeah, I was like, make sure you yeah. put on your signals well yeah. ahead of time. We can't afford to and rear end I'm pretty it. sure I had to leave my car doors open for about an hour because there was some yeah, stray ones. They got so, out. Yeah. Flying around. That's but hilarious. It was, it was awesome. Wow. Well, I, I think you're, you'll be surprised and pleased with how well uh, probably both of those hives do because I'm a beginner still, mm -hmm. even though we had bees years ago, and I, I said we were bee havers, not bee keepers, because <laughs> yeah. um, I didn't do anything, and and they lasted for years until I bragged about them, and then then they uh, left. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, he had just started getting into it and going to the what lands have lands have right. horizontal going to mm -hmm. horizontal high yeah. with the deep yeah. lands frame and we had just been to uh actually doug and stacy's conference and he had heard uh what's the man dr leo Sharaskin speak and everything so he's so excited about it we come home from that conference and the bees were gone yeah <laughs> i showed him pictures of them you know and i was like oh. i was like i'm gonna put these bees in my these are survivor bees man oh. i'm gonna put them in my new hive and they must have heard me and they left but uh. But the uh, so I've just got the one hive right now from a swarm that I caught, not knowing what I was doing other than what I could see on YouTube and all. And I got yeah. stung once or twice. <laughs> then I went and put my suit on. I was going to be, you know, like Mr. St oh, you, you don't get stung when they're swarming. <laughs> yeah, wrong. <laughs> and uh, so but anyway, my point is, this is a swarm. I got them in the hive. Um, I made a couple of them. We went through a dearth. And I, I didn't really know if I should feed them or not. I should have. I started feeding them. They recovered. Everything was yeah. fine. And they made it through through the, um, oh, the, the low teen temperatures. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, Dr. Leo, one of the things Dr. Leo says, and you have obeyed his two rules, whether you knew it or not, but local bees, mm -hmm. you know, the mistake so many people make is they buy bees that were born and raised in Florida yes. mm -hmm. yes. and then try to raise them in Canada. It doesn't yeah. work like that, you know. Yeah. So local genetics is best, and the best of the best is local mm -hmm. feral genetics, yes. you know. Yes. Those, agree. those yeah. bees have, have learned to survive. Mm -hmm. So wait, this yeah. ain't about us, this is about y'all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have a question for you though. Uh, I've I've enjoyed watching your uh, goat videos. You have yeah. a lot of goat videos. I can tell you love your goats. Oh yeah. Um, but you have one, and actually, I have uh, bigger uh, dairy goats, and I actually have there. I've mixed them. I have one pure Nubian, and then I have three others that are they're a mix of Oberhosley mm -hmm. and Nubian, and just mm -hmm. a few different mixes in there. I find that they're you know really hardy. By, by mixing the genes like that. We, we but, found that yeah, hybrid yeah. vigor is a thing. Yes. That it, yeah. that is a thing. De definitely. Totally. But I'm, I'm thinking of going to a smaller goat um, and I'm thinking of getting a Nigerian buck to breed with my does. And yeah. so I've gotten my does to the point to where they really produce a lot of milk. And But, you know, it's just Tommy and I now and we really don't need a whole lot of we milk. We don't need a lot of milk. <laughs> 
um, and plus it would be easier as we get older and everything to manage smaller mm -hmm. goats. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking of going with a Nigerian buck, but I want to get one a Nigerian buck from some buck from a milk line because, you know, mm -hmm. people just have Nigerians and they're not necessarily yeah. focusing on milk. So yeah, totally. yep. maybe y'all could bring me one to the Homesteaders of America conference. We might be able to. We might yeah, be able to. Is that your question? No, but my <laughs> is, you've got a, a video on how to milk a goat. Mm -hmm. And so you milked her and everything and you showed pouring the milk up and it looked like you had about three quarters of a quart of milk. Is that, mm -hmm. was that from one dough? Yeah, that's from one dough. And see, that's a, that's a nice amount of milk from a it small It really goat. is. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. And I think people don't give a lot of credit to the smaller dairy breeds because they're like, well, I won't get a, a lot of milk. And yeah, mm -hmm. you definitely aren't going to get as much milk as you were from like a Nubian or a Sonnen, Sonnen dough. Yeah. But I mean, if it's just the two of us that wanted to drink or you have a small family, it's totally doable. Mm -hmm. They're really easy to handle. And the environmental footprint that they leave, they don't need as much area as a bigger goat does. Mm -hmm. You have to have better fencing because they're smaller. Yeah, but I, I mean, yeah. I have some that are escape artists where if, if they can get their head through, they're they're going to get yeah. there. Mm -hmm. But I really enjoy having them. The only bad thing that I would say about the smaller milk breeds, and if you do go for a buck that has heavier milking lines, just pay attention to his his um, his dam's teat structure because Nubians are notorious for having smaller teeth and my hands hurt. Yeah. After Nigeria, about three yeah. or four months of milking, like every single day, I had some problems with my hands. Mm -hmm. But there are also simple pulse milkers out there that are built specifically for Nigerian dwarfs. So yeah. mm -hmm. there's easy ways around yeah. it. And I will say yeah. also, one thing um, we had to do was change the milk stand because we had yeah. boars before yeah. and it sat up a lot higher, mm -hmm. of course. And when we went to Nigeria, or yeah, the udder was a lot yeah. higher. So they, And they so were having I mean, to launch themselves up. Yeah. I felt bad making them jump that far up <laughs> yep. onto the milk stand. I'm like, oh yeah, you guys are kind of vertically challenged, aren't you? Yeah, and even when she was milking, she was sort of hunched over a little <laughs> yeah. bit more. So that's it's funny. different. I know yeah. Oberhalsley's and Nubians are a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. So have you had Nubians before? I had some grown up. So actually I was in 4-H grown up. We had Overhalsley's, Alpines, and we had a Nubian or two early on. Mm -hmm. So yeah. All right. So, so then you can answer the question that I'm curious about. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no question. And you, you may argue with me about this and that's fine because <laughs> you know, everybody's got their own opinions, but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in my mind, I've never had Nigerian milk. Okay. So I'm coming okay. to that. I'm coming mm -hmm. to that. Nigerians aside, in my mind, there's no comparison between Nubian milk and any other dairy breed of milk that I've had. The Nubian milk is sweeter. It's, okay. it's better. It's not as susceptible to environmental influences. Mm -hmm. as, you know, so just agree with me there. Here's my there question. Here's my question. How does Nubian milk compare to Nigerian milk? Because my understanding is Nigerian milk is even higher butterfat mm -hmm. than Nubian. Is that right? I'm going to have to go with your word because when we had the Nubians, we weren't, it was when we first started goats when I was younger. So we never actually got to drink in them. Oh. We had Alpine and Oberhosley. And I would say it tastes close to what Nigerians did, but I've never had a Nubian. So oh, okay. yeah, I couldn't tell you if it's sweeter. Um, well, I know. 
uh, we first started milking with four goats, and uh, oh. she had made cheese one time, and what you it tasted so bad. It tasted oh, musky. yeah, cheese and she had really fed, musky. I think, and left it in the barn for a little bit yeah. longer, a little bit longer than usual, not yeah. you know overnight or anything ridiculous, but just a little bit longer in the barn, like mm-hmm. you said. The environment sort of went into the milk, enough. and it was oh. Yeah, it was just yeah. enough. <laughs> or if they get into a pack, patch of onion grass or something like that, you can taste yeah. it. It's amazing. I milked after they've gotten into onion. It's yeah. like, ooh, that is some interesting yeah. milk. <laughs> I went to the farmer's market with my sister in Baton Rouge and um, in Louisiana, and they were selling goat milk cheese. And I make cheese all the time, mm-hmm. spreadable cheese and uh, mozzarella and everything. And they were selling goat milk cheese. And she got some and tasted it and, and uh, she ate it, and then I got some and put it in my mouth, and I and I went and found a garbage can. I spit it out. It tasted lucky, you know. I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh. And people were buying that, and I'm like, ooh. Wow. That makes me feel kind of sad too, because I'm like, you don't know what real goats know yeah. for goat's cheese taste like. This isn't a fair representation. Yeah, you know? that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, but some people don't. Some of those people are buying or spending that money. And they, yeah, it's like the emperor had no clothes, you know. They they're they're buying that money, they're eating yes. it, yeah. acting like it tastes amazing just because they think it gives them status or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Or they think they it's would... supposed to taste exotic. I'm like, yeah. actually, it's not supposed to. And it's organic, you know. <laughs> you just yeah. gotta live through it if it's organic, I guess. No, yeah, it, yeah. it can be good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you can sound like the big differences from like the honey that you would buy at farmers market. And we actually got to take some honeycomb from our, not on purpose, but we were cleaning up some bridged honeycomb yeah, and it was perfect. So we took it in and I was like, this is the best. I don't know if it was because it was from our hives, but I was like, this is the best honey that I have ever had. But we also have a ton of clover in our field. Which, yeah. It uh, was from probably I heard makes it sweet. Yeah. yeah. So it was really good. Yeah. We're excited. And we didn't harvest last year. So we'll be harvesting our honey this year. So we're really excited about that. I would love to even offer it to some of our viewers if we're to that point. I don't really want to put too much on our plate because, you know, homesteading. You never have baby time. Steps. There's never free time. Yeah. You know, yeah. baby, baby steps. Baby yeah. steps. Baby <laughs> steps. We always yeah. try to just run, but yeah. you know, yeah, we do yeah. baby steps first. I, I, I am to blame for that. I'm yeah. always a now, now, now. We've got to get going. Yeah. And yeah, our new venture was sort of like that with ducks. We just got some Muscovy ducks <laughs> and. uh we're we're building the pen now, but we bought the ducks already. So yeah, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they currently live in my kidding side of my barn, yeah. so I'm like, I have a month towards kidding. You yep. guys have got to get out of here. You know? <laughs> That's at the forefront of our project. So you guys will probably see a lot more Muscovy duck videos. Yep. So if you like ducks, that's great. But if not, then just hold out a month and we'll have baby goats yeah. on the ground. You know? those, thing, those things are amazing eating. Yeah, we're excited yeah, to try so that. Like, very... If you like beef, they taste like beef. And mm-hmm. that's amazing. All red meat. Right? Yeah. You can actually, and you can actually cure it and it tastes like ham. Yeah, really? I never really? did it. I never did it, but but I had read about that. I'll need to see if I can find that information. I've kept it all these years because yeah. I thought that was the coolest thing. But and the their breast, you can take it and cook it just like a roast. And yeah, we did oh, that. Wow. We invite we we cooked a Thanksgiving dinner for several of the officers I work with, and we we had roast. Yeah, and they never knew it they until we told them. Huh? Yeah, they're technically a Muscovy is technically not a duck. Exactly. Um, yeah. But they they just call them a duck because they don't know mm-hmm. what else to call them. You know. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. We thought that was really interesting too when we were doing 
Um, a lot of our research, I like to research a lot before I bring animals on. Now I don't, I'm not so hot on building all the infrastructure before they get here, obviously, but that was one of the things I'm like, it's like the most unduck duck you could have mm -hmm. because I honestly, when I first started homesteading, I never wanted goats. I didn't like ducks. I, I dislike sheep. So I'm sure sheep will be in the future because I've said it out loud now and you all know that I don't really want sheep, that those have all come to fruition. And I've, with the ducks, I'm like, well, they're not really supposed to be that dirty and they're not really supposed to be loud and they don't taste like duck. They taste like beef. I'm like, mm -hmm. this, this seems like it will fit on our farm. Yeah, it's not what it appears to be. So, yeah. Yeah. We've really I can tell you this food. though, Mark. Don't get any ideas about wringing their neck. That doesn't work. It doesn't it don't work. work. <laughs> so that's that's another story I'll tell another time. But <laughs> you, you cannot you cannot wring a Muscovy duck's neck. It's amazing them. how well you can sell something though once you're sold on it. You're yeah. like, honey, these ducks are just they're fantastic. They're not like other ducks. They're yeah. special ducks. So I, I'm sure he felt that way too about when we switched to Nigeria. He's like. I love my boar goats, but these are little goats yeah. and they give milk yeah. and they're in all these different colors. And he's like, well, and again, happy wife, happy life. Yeah. So. Got you guys. One of my, one of my uh, favorite breeds growing up is Alpine. I, mm -hmm. I had a couple of goats that were mine that were Alpine and mm -hmm. Nigerians sort of remind me of mini version of that. So mm -hmm. once she flicked them, I'm like, eh, yeah. yeah, I'm good with that choice. Yeah. So. yeah, I see that. I see that. They're, they're, mm -hmm. they're pretty good. Well, tell yeah. me about your llama. Oh, so our llama was our herd guardian. Llamas are actually really exciting in that way, like with goats. And I know some people, some people don't like the idea of keeping llamas in with goats because technically, you know, you have to have teeth to be a livestock guardian, but he had the same diet as our goats, basically re required the same care. And he loved being with our goats. Absolutely loved it. The only thing I will tell you about llamas is that in our area with the um, population of white-tailed deer, we have meningeal worm because oh. it's carried by white-tailed deer. Mm -hmm. And he actually ended up getting um, infected with meningeal, meningeal worm. And by the time they start showing symptoms, it, yeah. they're pretty much already and we gone. were even treating him for it. Yeah, I, I was worming him like on a monthly basis specifically for this because it's a different type of worm. So it doesn't like live in the GI system. It isn't gastrointestinal. It's actually like up in their spinal cord. It goes mm -hmm. towards the wow. nerves. So you have to deworm with something that will cross the blood brain barrier. And usually by the time like they're starting to lose activity in their back ends or they're starting to be a little bit discombobulated or disoriented, like it's our, they're already gone. And we yeah. pulled him back once yeah. from an angel worm. Mm -hmm. And this time we thought he'd gotten heat exhaustion on like 110 like degree yeah. day. He went yeah. down. I'm like, this is heat exhaustion. And then by the time I realized it, it was too late. So yeah. we ended up. Oh, well, we're that. sorry. I'm no, sorry. We didn't no. know that that had happened. No, you're okay. No, this happened you a little while back. Livestock yeah. equals dead stock. Yeah. And that's, I think, a really hard lesson that for me, because like when I grew up, grew up I didn't grow up like on a homestead. I grew up like basically like way back in the holler, way back in the woods. So my mom would take us like mushroom hunting and we would go looking for like ginseng root we would just be out in the woods all the time I grew up playing with crawfish in the creek I didn't really do a whole lot of like homesteading so when I did become a lot more interested in animals and I shadowed the vet and decided that was something I wanted to have in my life that was really something like you have to come to terms with because right. a lot of the things that happen on a homestead especially if you have livestock or even just 
if you're growing your own food, mm-hmm. whenever there's another living being involved, like you are not in control. Right. You can only do what you can do and do the best at that. And then after that, you just have to kind of let go of control and say, this is what it is. And I've done my best. So we've lived by that a lot, especially mm-hmm. like with our livestock, because I, I hope that it displays a lot in our videos that I care a lot for my animals, like a lot. I put a lot of myself into it. Goodness knows I've dropped more money into my animals than I would ever want to admit. But being able to back off and say, I've done my best. And, you know, I don't, we're, we're a religious couple. So I don't know how many times I've gone out and prayed over my animals or anointed them with, with oil and just said, God, it's in your hands because I've done what I physically can do. And whatever is meant to be is meant to be. And let me glean from it, whatever I'm supposed to glean. And I will say like, he's been, he's been very plentiful in my walk with Christ Mm. teaching me through the homestead. So, and I know this is probably getting like way off topic for, for the interview and stuff, but we're both very, very involved in our church. And I take up testimonies every Sunday and my testimony is always about the barn because yeah. that's where, you know, that's yeah. where I hear God. And talk she gets a lot of her lessons. From. Yeah. I mean, that's where he teaches me to be humble or to understand things or, or I don't, you know, just to see those analogies brought to life. Like you don't even know what you're going through in life sometimes until you're like real quiet in your chores in the homestead or out in the garden. And God just speaks to you and tells you. This is what you're going through. And look at, look at the lesson in front of you. Look at the garden you're tending. You know, you have to pull the weeds or they take over. Sometimes you have to pull one plant so the other plant can live. They can't grow too close together. So yeah, yeah that's way off topic. But no, <laughs> that, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Scripture is replete with agricultural references. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's with the with the weeds and everything it's the same thing with our heart you know yes. we we yeah. our heart yeah full of weeds i mean and yeah. we've got to you mm-hmm. know no yeah. that's good stuff yeah that, that's good yeah. stuff and and all of that stays in the video uh oh. <laughs> patty and i patty and i are are born again believers and mm-hmm. we've never we've never hidden our faith on our youtube channel but mm-hmm. um i think it was last year we just kind of started out the year saying, you know, we need to be more intentional about Mm -hmm. sharing our faith, you know, so we've got our, we've got our Monday meditation uh, video series that we started. And uh, I share the gospel every, every opportunity I get, Mm -hmm. you know, because God has given us a platform and, and it's my responsibility. I mean, he saved me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, yeah. he paid the debt for my sin mm-hmm. yeah. how could i not take any every opportunity exactly. that i had yep. exactly to bring him glory and to and to share the gospel and mm-hmm. you know i i just think it's thrilling to think that one day we may get to heaven and i meet people that uh came to faith because of something i said on youtube how how funny would that be you know I mean, yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And I, I especially feel like now, especially because we're, we do have a platform and we do have a way to reach out to people in a time where socializing is kind of taboo, that nobody wants to be face to face or you have to be six feet away or, or people don't are afraid to even go see their loved ones. And they're, yes. they're hungry for that interaction. And I mm-hmm. feel like this is a great place to do it. And I think it's kind of funny too, because you find like a lot of trash on social media where you can kind of be that light where it's like, yeah. yeah, that's that's normal, but this yeah. is what I'm doing here, and this is the garden I'm cultivating. And if it's 
hope and faith and and to bring someone to Christ or to bring them joy through whatever it is we're doing, then it's worth it. It's worth the hours of editing or the shared tears of losing livestock or an entire crop because you were in a drought and it rained, but then the rain flooded and it killed your crop. I mean, it just to be able to show some things are good until they're it's too much and then it's not a good thing anymore. So it's so neat having a homestead, just seeing his creation, you know, animals are just amazing, Mm -hmm. you know, with all the technology and everything still, and animals way more complex (laughs) than anything out there, you know? Do you do a lot of gardening? Yeah, we do do a lot of gardening and our gardens have gotten bigger progressively every year. So this year I'm like, I really hope I haven't bitten off more than I can chew because with the pandemic last year, I was able to, to grow like, whatever I wanted, because I was basically working remotely. So on my lunch breaks, I could go out and do my weeding and Mm -hmm. everything. But yeah, yeah, we grow in raised garden beds, we do in ground gardening, and we're hoping to add a greenhouse at some point. But of course, we've got like, this long list of projects that we Mm want to get done for 2021. And I'm, I think we've already said pigs are next year, we want it, we want to have hogs, but like you said, baby steps, yeah, you know, step. baby steps. But we do do a lot of gardening, and I hate to say it, but like I'm the worst type of gardener because I don't like to eat a lot of what I grow. I like to feed it to my <laughs> chicken. But I love growing tomatoes, but I hate tomatoes. I hate huh? them so much. <laughs> I I know, I know, Tommy. Everybody does gives me that face. I'm like, I hate tomatoes. They're like, so why do you grow like ten varieties? I'm like. Cause they're really pretty yeah. <laughs> you know i love the way they look but i'll make him like salsas or like pica de gallo and then my chickens are super happy come fall time because they're yeah. like all this rotted stuff that you wanted to grow but what <laughs> so. then you recently tried to fodder which is behind us up here yeah. if you see it we're oh wow yeah. for our chickens yeah. yeah we're growing fodder for them they like that though so mm-hmm. I, I i don't know i guess i grow more for my animals yeah we had them in the base under grow lights so yeah. that we could uh yeah. grow them during I, the winter i and... do not can though so i think yeah. that's probably held me back a little bit when it comes to gardening because i like to do like the water bath canning because it's easy the mm. pressure canning scares me to death i'm afraid yeah. i'm gonna blow up my kitchen so this year that's one of my goals is to learn how to pressure can mm-hmm. because if i knew how to do that and i had that skill set i would make more tomato sauce because I like spaghetti hate Mm -hmm. tomatoes but I love spaghetti with tomato sauce on it so like maybe that if I can make them into forms of food that I like to eat then I won't let it go to waste my chickens will hate me but I'll be happier I just want to tell you how thankful I am that you didn't say you're going to learn how to can so you can can tomatoes for your chickens yeah (laughs) because if you had said that, I, I might be reaching out to Mark to work on an intervention for you. Right? Thank you. Totally so. agree. Now, my mom, yeah. she loves tomatoes. And because she still lives like back in the woods where I grew up, she doesn't get as much sun. So often she'll come up and she'll be like, do you have any tomatoes that you're just letting rot on the vine? Like, yeah, sure, go out there, grab whatever you want. So, yeah. and I, I'm notorious for bringing them into work or to church, church or whoever, yeah. especially like our chicken eggs. I'm like, I have like 30 chickens. Yeah. I can't eat 30 eggs within a couple of weeks. I probably could if I really tried, <laughs> but I, I like to have that overabundance too. So I, we kind of look at our home as like an extension of a way to give to other people too. So sure, it's, it's a ministry. Ministry opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yep. It's really not just for us. And I think a lot of people don't get to witness that lifestyle. So when you bring them like purple colored corn or black tomatoes, they're like, I didn't know that this 
existed. I had people when I was giving them eggs at work, I have Easter egg or chicken. So they're blue and green. And the first time they open up the egg carton, they're like, are these rotten? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> they're rotten. They're like, eggs are green. Yeah. I'm like, no, that's just, the chicken just <laughs> lays green eggs. Color, yeah. I'm like, it's super fun. But then the lady that I was selling them to, she's like, I have to tell you, thank you, because I had had bantams and I had rainbow eggs. She's like, I'm getting to teach my my son and my daughters a lot about different things because we're buying these eggs from you or we're getting all these different things from you. And that warms my heart. So even if it's not just for me, if it benefits someone else where they get to feel that lifestyle or that gratification I do, then, I mean, it's all worth it. Yep. What if, if, if thinking you've talked a little bit about 2021, do you guys have a, a, a ideas of what your homestead is going to look like in the next five years? Or have you thought that far out? Definitely. I'm going to let her start because she usually starts with the ideas and then I try to cut them back. He's the reality. So start <laughs> and then I'll say what can really happen. No. Yeah, but he's the reality. So this so, year. So Ashley's the rough draft. You're the editor. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, because I'll give him all the things that I've dreamed up and he'll, he's the one that'll start with like the carpentry projects and be like, well, this is how we're going to do it. And I have to just be like, I just trust you because I see it in my head and the way you're talking doesn't make any sense to me. I just need to see it in fruition. So I've learned to trust him and go blindly through faith in my husband with all of my projects. I'm like, you know what I want in my heart. So I trust you to make it a reality. And for our, I mean, for our homestead in five years, I would really like to be at least 70% self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm going to say 70% is because we have winners. And I know in the winter time, it would probably be harder to keep a lot of like our stocks filled. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we could probably do like tubers and things like that, but I really want to be 70% self-sufficient. I'm seeing um, Cooney Cooney pigs in our future. Um, I'm seeing larger gardens. I'm seeing, um, fruit orchards. I would love to do um, flowers, fresh cut flowers, because with our bees too, and other people that beekeep in our, our community, I would love to just have a place where all the bees come and pollinate. So I go a little crazy with seed buying every year, but we have 13 acres. So we're really blessed in that way because it used to be an old cornfield. So we're real flat and it's really open. So we have a lot of potential I would love to put in a pond so that we have our own water source. Mm-hmm. Our water table here, luckily, is not that far down. We live off of well water. So I figure if we're not yeah. that far down, then probably a, a spring-fed pond wouldn't be out of the question where we could also do fish or or anything else like that. I don't ever see us getting cows, though, Yeah. or sheep. But now that I've said it, yeah. it'll happen. <laughs> so Yeah, we're pretty up with the goats. But yeah. yeah, we're at that, I think, point, too, where, like she said, we started from a cornfield. And really, we've got all the basic and foundational mm-hmm. items out there. You know, we've got the goats, we've got the barn set up for them and the chickens. And now we're back again at that phase, like, what's next? What can yeah. we add to the farm? Because yeah. really what we wanted to make sure we had on the farm, you know, with the gardens and raised beds and, like I said, goats and chickens, we're at that point. So now we're ready to, let's see what the next yeah. new adventure yeah. is. It's so, a lot yeah. of upgrading or yeah. what can make our lives easier because, I think a lot of people, especially when they start out on their path to self-sufficiency or, or dream of having a homestead, I don't ever think we realize like what our expectations are versus the time and the funds that we have to go towards them. So like a lot of things, some of our fencing, no joke, is like old futon frames. 
tied <laughs> up with twine yeah. where it's like the goats are getting through here and I don't have money for fencing. So I would find like whatever I had laying around. So now we're going back. I'm like, I can actually afford fencing now mm -hmm. because we're not at the buildup process, like we're at maintenance and updating. Yeah. I really wish that we would have started this journey 10 years ago because it really, it was a cornfield. There was nothing here. Mm -hmm. Our house wasn't here. The barn wasn't here. And it was just so much growth. And I know we had weekends where we felt crippled, like yes. at the age of 22 and 25, where we're like, we cannot physically do it this way yeah. forever. But, you know, that's hey, I've got bad news. I've got bad news for both of you. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't get any better. It, it doesn't, doesn't get, get better. better. Don't tell him that. I need to keep, I need to keep him involved in the project. <laughs> Don't tell me it's going to be broken down. But yeah, like we'd pick up things like, you know, that would help us along with the projects too. Like when we first started, we, we were digging holes by post hole diggers, yes. you know, and yeah. your shoulders would be locked up for about a week. And then by next, yeah. you loosen up, you're like, all right, a couple more. Yeah. Last but now year, we got an auger. Yeah, we bought sense. an auger, a PTO driven auger yeah. for our tractor. And I'm like, well, this is great because we only have 10 posts for this pen. Yeah. I'm like, we dug 100 by, our, by hand. Yeah. And oh, wow. but I think that's just kind of, the, the evolution that, that you go through too. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I wouldn't appreciate that stuff if we didn't rough it. If yeah. I didn't use futon frames for, for goat or fence mending for our goats, or if I didn't use, like when we had Joe, I used her crib springs out of her bedding to make trellises. Cause I'm like, I don't have money for like the cattle panels or I don't have money to make a trellis. And I would use things like that. And, and now like, I'm not there anymore. Now I'm mm. like, I can actually invest and make it pretty, you know, yeah. like I can make it what I've always wanted it to be. <laughs> and I think also, you know, 2020 being a slowdown year was actually sort of nice because it allowed us yeah. to, we really actually looked at our homestead and really started trying to map out and mm -hmm. write out lists of what we want. So yeah. in a way it, it allowed us to sort of gather back to ourselves and be yeah. like, what's the next steps for yeah. now? So, yeah, yeah I think that I, I, and I know like everybody says we're going through the great reset, but I will say like the pandemic for us in a homesteading way was a great reset because it refocused us. Mm -hmm. Um, driving back and forth to work every day. I work at a local university and it's really easy to kind of let your, your thoughts and your goals kind of just vanish because you're, you're caught in the rat race. You're caught and I need to make the next buck so that I can, I can feed my goats or I need to make the next dollar because Josie needs cleats for softball season. And then when all of that stopped and there was no longer running back and forth, it was like, we, I don't know. It was just like, we woke up one day and I was like, look at what we built. Like, look at what we have at our fingertips. We're not stuck in an apartment. We're not stuck where we can't get outside or move around. I'm like, we have 13 acres to just better our land and, and feed ourselves and, and to think of how grateful I was because there were so many people that were just shell-shocked. It, it introverted them. It, it took them in the opposite direction where with us, it was like, I am so blessed. Like we, look, we can do this. I, I learned how to do butter. I've never made butter from goat's milk. And I was like, mm. we're doing that. Cause now I have <laughs> time to sit here and shake a jar. Uh. You know, I mean, it was just amazing <laughs> to see that. And it, I, I mean, I will say that the pandemic was wonderful, but I will say that it was a useful tool for us to really refocus and to see what was actually at our fingertips. Because when you look at something every day, it's really easy to kind of forget Lost what it is. It. You yeah. just, you're like, yeah, I've got this, but it you you don't really see it for what it is. And 
I would say like in the last year, like we've really started seeing it for what it is. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad we started YouTube because it was, it was good for other people to, to see it too. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a great outreaching and an outpouring saying it doesn't have to be just on 13 acres. A lot of what we do here, like with miniature goats or doing, um, plants in containers or feed or fruits and vegetables in containers, it can all be done in smaller spaces. And I feel like that, that was a big rebirth, I think for America this last year too, is be like, well, I need to know how to do some of this stuff. I need to have some of these skills and I need to have that mindset and knowledge to, to be more resilient and and adaptive. And I'm, I'm thankful for that part of it. Well, um, after listening to you guys talk, and, and hearing how well your heads are screwed on your shoulders, I'm convinced that you that you have to be at least 78 years old, but you don't you don't look 78 years old. I feel that oh, way feel sometimes. <laughs> we feel it. Especially if you're digging those post holes, we felt like No, I, I, I say that jokingly, that, but really I mean, aren't you just impressed with their outlook? And, you know, I, I was impressed when you said, five years from now, I want to be 70% sufficient because typically kids your age would say, you know, by next week, I'm going to be 173% (laughs) sufficient, you know, but no, you, you understood the realistic nature of, Mm -hmm. we just went through a series here on sustainable Saturday. And we started out saying you cannot in 2021, you, nobody can be 100% -hmm. self-sustainable. You can't do it. You you mean to tell me you're going to make all your clothes out of stuff you grew <laughs> to make all your clothes? You know, so we, we just don't yeah. have the 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 ability the 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 things to do all that stuff with. Yeah. So I, I appreciate the fact that you put uh you know seventy percent is realistic. Yeah, that's realistic. realistic. Yeah, I feel Very like that's so. realistic, and it gives us breathing room. So like, I I'm really bad for unrealistic goals too. So like for me. I really want to be like the best. I want to be able to do all of it myself. So 70% for me kind of gives me that room where I can breathe. So even if like I go a little above it, I'm like, yes, I, I crush that goal. But if I'm a little bit below it, I'm like, this is still better than what most people are doing. This is right. still better yeah. than where I was before. Yeah. And small growth, even though it's small, is still growth. It's still forward motion. And I think people don't celebrate that enough. There are small wins and small things that you do every day that we should be saying, good job, not, well, it was only this. I only learned a little bit today. I'm like, it's more than what you learned yesterday. Yeah, so you're right. so right. You're so yeah, right. It's a win. And I feel like people should celebrate that more. Mm-hmm. I will say though, like we got married very young. What were we? T- I was 20, mm-hmm. 20. And then Joe was born at 21. And we bought that. We bought our land at tw- when I was 22. So like, it has been like, bam, wow. bam, bam. from the moment yeah. we got married, it has been bam, 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 bam. So it's kind of nice to be at this point where we're just kind of just enjoying it for what it is and saying, okay, mm-hmm. now what can we do to make it easier? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Actually yeah. Enjoy it more. It's not so much building up infrastructure and, and starting from the ground up, it's system. You maintain this. Yeah, yeah exactly. System, yeah. It's more system. It's like, how can we make this flow better with, with our schedules and, and how we want it to be? So it, yeah. it's a fun part of our life right now. But gosh, we've had a ball. Yeah. We really yeah. had a ball. We did too. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for letting us have the opportunity. It's been, it's been really, really fun. We've enjoyed it.
What a pleasant evening that was. Oh, yes. We had such a fun time talking with Ashley and Mark. They are just so much fun, and we just really, really connected with them. Mm -hmm. I really did feel like we had a kindred spirit with them. And when you go to their channel, you'll understand quickly why we like them so much. Yes, and I look forward to watching more of her goat videos. She's got a lot of goat videos up. She's got a lot of other videos, too, but... You know, we I guess we connected a lot over the goats yeah. and everything. And so she has lots of knowledge, as you heard her talk about her shadowing of that. So I'm looking forward to learning a lot from her about my goats. Mark impressed me with his kindness. He just had a mm -hmm. gentle spirit, although yes. he looked like he, he might could break me in half if he wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and I'll tell you this. Keep an eye out because Patty and Ashley just might do a StreamYard live stream to talk about goats sometime in the near future. But anyway, you know the drill. Go to their channel, like their videos, but more importantly, subscribe to their channel. And tell them we sent you. Click the bell and tell them Alderman Farms sent you. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time on Hashtag Follow Fridays at Alderman Farms. Hey, thanks for joining us today on Alderman Farms Radio. We'd appreciate it if you'd subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at radio at aldermanfarms.net. And don't forget to find us on social media. We're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And our address is Alderman Farms. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll talk again soon.